Welcome back to another episode of Coaches Exploring Coaches Exploring Clarity. And this week we have another special guest. We're here with uh, Jillian Christensen. And Jillian and I met probably close to two years ago on some of Jamie Smart's programs. And we've done peer coaching together and been on a number of programs together. And uh, so happy to have you join us here today, Jillian. And uh, I, I know I do this a number of times, but I also have to shout out Jillian for providing the narration for the poem Cargo, which is on uh, my webpage, coachingplease.com. But uh, um, it's almost embarrassing to admit how many times I go back and listen to that uh, that little poem because it's such an inspiration to me. So thanks for being here. Yeah, my pleasure. So we'll uh, we'll get started. I'll read the quote and then we'll jump right in. So this is chapter 22, capitalizing on chaos, complexity, and uncertainty. We are at that very point in time when a 400-year-old age is dying and another is struggling to be born. A shifting of culture, science, society, and institutions enormously greater than the world has ever experienced. D. Ward Hawk, founder and former CEO of Visa. <laughs> it's so funny for me because the, you know two years ago, I would have said I'm living in a, a world of chaos, complexity, and uncertainty. And through the coaching and grounding that's, that I've had in the last two years of getting trained through Jamie, the world hasn't changed, but I've changed. And I certainly don't, I don't feel like I'm living in a world of uh, chaos and complexity and uncertainty. So that's kind of the first thing that, that jumped out at me. Well, I get that, Greg. Sometimes I do. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, with thanks to all the work that I'm doing with Jamie, with everybody, with all of you guys and all of the stuff, the, um, I get out of it very quickly. Um, and indeed, uh, the, the, there's, there's like a, there is always seems to be a time question attached to, and this chapter again goes in, actually goes in sort of waves, talks about waves of mm. movement of things. And, and it really seems that, you know, from, from wherever Jamie decides to start the wave from, perhaps it started even earlier than he suggests, but let's say, you know, from the ag agricultural revolution, you know, in, in one way or another, whether it's because of my age or, whether it's for whatever reason, um, I seem to, or I seem, and I see with my clients as well that when they, you know, make a claim like, oh, you know, I can't do this, um, nothing will change, or, um, well, anything really, that our mind seems to bring along with us a whole range of things that actually will dip in and out of all of the three revolutions, let's say, that, that Jamie mentioned, you know, from the the, the first, first, second and third waves, we kind of seem to, to keep going back there, you know, and yet we're heading for a, a new one. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. What came to my mind reading this, um, is the thing that Jamie speaks about, the miracle that we're here and that we're built for the current reality. So the miracle of over, you know, millions of years and generations, the very fact that our ancestors actually lived to the age of reproduction, they managed to reproduce, the child survived, and that, you know, we're here and we're built for the current reality. And I think that's... Um, that's something that it's sometimes good to point yourself back to. And I also reflect on my own family and in particular my parents who were born um, back in the 1930s and um, the changes that they saw in technology and information and how um, my father, bless him, in his 80s, near in his 90s, he was up to date with everything, you know, with his phones, his computers. So it's a, it's something 
not to be resisted really just to be with hmm. i love that point like i often think of that with my dad and, and all the folks he lives with at the retirement home like particularly the, the people that are in their 90s and thinking about the changes that they've seen you know it's, it's almost like they've lived through all these waves <laughs> um and uh there's a there's a commercial on TV right now where it's like the kids are talking about uh, their dad and oh imagine when he was a boy he didn't have uh, this app to help him brush his teeth or he didn't have he he, he couldn't watch the the soccer match on his phone while he's out watering the lawn um, like you know just all the the conveniences of, of technology today and how different his childhood would have been um, it's almost it's almost scary sometimes for me to project into the future and thinking like my future grandkids like you know are they just gonna have like a chip implanted in their neck and (laughs) (laughs) who knows how where what the fifth wave is gonna be the other thing that struck me julian as you were talking about being built for reality is it seems to me like all this um intellectualizing is all in hindsight like you can think about the waves when you're looking backwards but when you're in the present moment you're not you're not you know you might be caught up in a wave of something changing but you're not really thinking about it in that in those terms you're just living you're just you know taking it as it comes And I yeah, think, go ahead, Julian. Go ahead, Julian, please. In um, on page two three nine, Jamie um talks. He puts a little bulleted bullet pointed list, mm-hmm. and he said what we need so we can inspire trust and stay connected with reality is clarity, and I think that's just what you're pointing to, Greg. That. You know, staying present in the moment and not going into that um, misunderstanding and overthinking um, is, is there. Yeah. And and the one before that, Gillian, you know, we need creativity so we can create the sustainable solutions and innovations we require. To me, links up to the sentence the the heading on the on the on the first page everything that can be invented has been invented and how that gets a severe beating on the head in jamie smart's words you know that that's just ridiculous and and indeed if you think about it if we don't work from the idea of having the creative creativity that is already inside us to be able to simply move forward whatever the innovation of the day looks like or the inspiration of the day looks like. And it just brings to mind, I was talking with a client um, and he was coming from that kind of viewpoint, you know, well, you know, what's the point? It's already been, it's already been invented, you know, and, you know, you can't tell me that uh, his take was like that creativity sort of exists over and beyond your actual real life thinking. And it just suddenly struck me as he said that, my, my kind of sharp retort was, was actually, well, could you please, and because as you all know, I'm in Italy, so it was kind of a pertinent point specifically for this guy being in Italy. And I said, can somebody explain to me here how on earth did Leonardo da Vinci actually draw the design for a helicopter in 1450-something. Like, can you please explain that to me? Because I just don't get it. So the answer I got was, oh, well, he's Leonardo da Vinci, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> but, and then sort of there was a sort of pause, and then he kind of said, mm. yeah, point taken. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, Elaine. When I look at this um, 
the list, the bullet points that you, you started with there, Gillian, I, I highlighted the clarity, direction, wisdom, connection, authenticity, resilience, creativity, presence. And so far in our, whatever, 18 minutes or something, talking about centuries and Gillian, your dad, who was 90-something and embracing technology. If we think about our own parents or grandparents, they had all of that at any given time. They had to. They, 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 no one told them you need these things because, you know, look what they did, look what they had to do, look, we're here. And they, they had to move from the moment with the time. So I, that's that just looking at that list brought that up for me, thinking about um, elders in my family, if you like, and the things that they, we think they did not have. And, and Greg, to go to your point of kids today, you know, you don't have the app to do whatever, yeah. you know, brush your teeth or, but everybody's always had that stuff. Mm. It's, it's very, yeah, like that list. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I highlighted every one of those lists yeah. on the list. And I thought like, this is the kind of thing I thought of what, what I was thinking about was like, if you were going to do like a, an enrollment call or a presentation to a business owner or a CEO or something of why they need clarity coaching in their business. It would be like, this is a, a great list to start with. Um, especially because it's, I, I think it would be such a contrast to the way they probably operate. At least most of the companies I've worked in, um, in pointing them to like, that this is what's a, this is what's on offer for all of us. Yeah. I don't know why, why, but because we're talking about like generational stuff, I, I'm remembering when the first time I went to see the movie Saving Private Ryan, and the the movie opens and they're storming the beach in Normandy, and you know the the boats pull up, and as soon as the the front hatch drops down, the first whatever twenty men are dead, um, and you know at that time in my life, I I think I just maybe finished university, was in university, and all my friends, people were all complaining about student loans and how hard our lives were and stuff. And then I watched that movie and I said, I'm never going to complain again <laughs> about my life as a, a young adult, because compared to what generations before I had to go through, I mean, I, I'll gladly okay. take a student loan uh, anytime <laughs> over, over the alternative. I highlighted the very last sentence on that page 239, which is, this is one of the key tasks for leaders to create inspiring and compelling visions for possible futures. And uh, I, I thought about that in a number of ways. One, one way was in terms of the people in my life who I thought were great leaders in my career, but also then relating it to what I'm trying to do as a coach for my clients is, is help create those uh, future uh, compelling visions of possible futures for my client. Something that's um came to my mind and I think you know we're talking about what's going on out there and what's gone on in the past is actually that that we that it isn't a separate thing it's not outside in it's that it's that oneness and if we go back to that idea to trust that we're in the right place at the right time and we're built for the reality you know, these um, evolutions that we've had through time, these waves, um, for me, that's the oneness, the one creator, the intelligence behind all life. For some reason, the word that's popping up most for me uh, at the moment is I, I don't even know if it's come has it come up I'm not sure is resilience this whole that the the nature of of resilience within that because if there if 
somehow it's feeling like that's really important to to hold on to to ride to ride these waves and for people to know to go to back to your point Greg around the the vision of possible futures without I think when people lose sight that that is inherent the, the notion of creating a vision is sometimes hard because they get stuck in the outside stuff <laughs> we're also stuck in the outside stuff and how, how difficult things look and how crazy fast things are moving and how to keep up and and all of that so resilience is feeling quite strong for me. The other thing that's kind of current events that, that I don't think it was necessarily mentioned in here, but something that's in the news quite a bit lately is AI technologies and, um, you know, whether it's people celebrating and embracing AI to get stuff done faster and easier, or if it's the, you know, the, the flip side of the fear of, you know, where's this AI thing going to take us in, a, you know, our movies like Terminator are actually like, you know, unfolding <laughs> before us uh and you know are we all going to be taken over by the the machine soon so um it's just, it's just interesting to see how different people in different pockets of society react differently to the to these advancements in technology yeah there's certainly a great deal of fear around it there's a great deal of actually I know people who are actually afraid of this would I know some people who this would freak out entirely sitting in a, a zoom call with four people so the conversation around AI is way too much for them to comprehend it literally is filling them with so much anxiety um yeah it's it feels huge to, to a lot of people very scary I love the um, when Jamie goes through page two forty two the experience economy. Uh, I don't know how many times I've actually read that now, but today it looked different to me. I'm not sure why. Um, just going through the examples of Starbucks and the Apple Store and that this creating an an ex or helping people have an experience and how that I was trying to think how is that so very different than what people were used to in an exchange. So if we go back to maybe Jillian, your dad, or I don't know, probably any of our parents would, my dad would certainly, I can't, don't know if my dad would ever have paid for a cup of coffee in Starbucks, but anyway, that's another thing. Um, but this whole notion of taking time out for an experience for ourselves and that being a part of an interaction, that just interests me. Where is that going to go? I mean, we, we're all kind of in that business. People are coming to us to help them create a different experience. But, you know, if that evolves, where is that actually going to go? And that just somehow lit me up with wonder. I'm like, oh, I'm curious about that. Like, yeah, really a curious thing. Where can that go? And uh, and his little last sentence, the last sentence there, how does an individual or a business capitalize on the chaos, complexity and uncertainty that the current wave because there will always be a current wave. It, this, the waves will just keep moving. So how how do people prepare for that and face it, I suppose? Yeah, it sort of basically says, says that the, 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 the chaos complexity and uncertainty actually is, is throughout it exists because it exists in your thinking it doesn't exist anywhere else not because we're into the fourth wave so the fourth wave's yeah. more frightening than the first yeah. wave or anything else it, it's coming I mean, you know we 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 create that um it's the starbucks one made me laugh because my kids are into going to starbucks and I'm like, I can't afford to go to Starbucks. How do my kids afford to go to Starbucks? <laughs> <laughs> and my son, my son went yesterday. He came back. It was like, I don't know, seven or eight dollars for whatever his uh, 
latte that he ordered. I'm like that. You realize that's like, you know, a little more than half his, his one hour worth of pay when he's working, but he had an experience. It was him yeah, and his friend enjoying a Starbucks and yeah. talking about life and whatever. And, uh, like I, I would be, I wouldn't be able to enjoy my Starbucks because I'd be thinking the whole time <laughs> how much this cost. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, I guess me, me, me living in Italy, which is like the capital of coffee, you like, mm. I'd just be outraged more than the price. You know, this, what drinking buckets of this junk? How can it be? Yeah. <laughs> Not yeah. The story in itself is interesting because it was uh, one of the employers who worked as a buyer and Starbucks started as a merchant for selling coffee, ground coffee, and he went to Italy um, to an exhibition to look for, I think, sort of... Um, cups and containers and sort of props for the shop, so to speak. And he experienced the coffee experience in Italy and he wanted to bring it back to create that for people throughout the world. And when he went to um, went back to his, his boss, uh, he, his idea was shunned away. And then a couple of years later, he never let it, it nudged him again. And he was playing tennis with a friend and said, you know, I've had this experience in Italy and I'd like to recreate that coffee experience. And um, him and his friend actually brought out Starbucks and that's when the, what they made it into what we know today is where, mm. is where you go for the experience. Mm. Wow. wow. I did not know that. Yeah. Yes. Speaking of uh, that experience, the, the the first part after the the heading, the critical fourth wave factor, there's one thing that affects the quality of experience a person has more than any other factor, your level of clarity, the state of mind you're in when you're having the experience, which talks to what I just talked about. My state of mind buying my Starbucks would be all up in my head about how much this is costing me and how you know ridiculous it is and stuff. Meanwhile, in contrast, my son... He was just happy to be there with his friend and enjoying a beverage that he liked. And, you know, so I'm, I'm there in, you know, a, a, a stormy thoughts cloud <laughs> and he's there in clarity enjoying it. So it's, uh, it, it's interesting to me that, that all these examples of the, you know, we, we tend to focus so much on, the content of the experience. So what's the weather like, or what's the, the ambiance or the flavor of the drink or the whatever. And yet it's the, it's your own state of mind. Like you can have all those other elements can be suboptimal, but if you're in clarity, you can still have a great experience. Yeah, which is just about how he sums it up in the in the next on the next page on the little um, indent. Let's say as the information revolution continues to gobble up people's attention, the critical factor influencing their ability to enjoy any open bracket Starbucks experience will be value. <laughs> you know, yes. I think I mentioned this before when my wife and I would go on vacation or whatever. And she was into scrapbooking. So like everything we did on vacation was a prearranged design scrapbooking moment <laughs> that she wanted <laughs> to capture. And it, it, I don't want to say it ruined the experience completely, but it, we were like, she wasn't really in the experience and enjoying it in the moment because she was trying to design a scrapbooking page in like in the moment. So when she went home, she'd, she'd had the right pictures and the right, you know, souvenirs. And I don't know, whatever it wasn't. Or when we go to the concerts, 
I'm often filming like, oh, it's my favorite song. And I'll, I'll take my, my phone out and I'll start recording the beginning of my favorite song. And then after about 10 seconds, I realize like, you idiot, like just put your phone down and enjoy your favorite song. <laughs> like, why am I trying to capture it for later? Like I'm here now. Um, get back into the the moment and enjoy it. I paid all this money to be here and I'm I'm literally watching it through the, the camera on my phone. Um, I think a lot of people do that. I just, this whole, um, this whole little section here makes, made me smile because I can think of so many, especially this, the first one, the couple go to the movie. And I'm just like, how many times have I left the cinema and whoever I'm with was like, hey, that was great. And I was like, Oh, really didn't enjoy it at all and thinking it's a bad movie and then realizing oh I was worried about this I was thinking about something I was remembering tomorrow I have to do x really wasn't paying a whole lot of attention to the movie and I've had that my husband laughs a lot and people will say oh I went to visit such and such a place and I'm like oh, that sounds amazing I'd really like to go there and he's like um we went <laughs> and I'm like the um if Lynn wants to finish when she comes back, but just in in the meantime, the the sentence on page two four three, the last little indent, is the future belongs to those who are willing to go one step further than that and start influencing their staff and customers' understanding of how life works. It just suddenly struck me, you know, it, there's kind of I can see kind of sort of circular <laughs> movement here, energetic so because. The idea of the words like you, like you just don't understand how life works is kind of, you know, yeah, that hasn't, shouldn't it have always been like that? And hasn't it always been like that until other things stepped in and made it so that this world is, you know, everything you do, you're protecting your shop, for example, if it's a customer sort of thing, or you're sh protecting your, your, your business, you're protecting your shop that for people coming in nowadays because you're likely to get held up in your own shop and, you, you know, the till's going to get sacked kind of thing. Um, and isn't there there's something about, like, it's coming back to those values and beliefs even that were in origin, you know, the, 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 very, the very basis of our life on this earth. Again, going back or going back to the basic needs, and and it looks like that's where we're going to with this. And the crazy thing is, to me, it looks like you know, my goodness, we actually have to be taught how to do this. Thank you. you know how 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 is it that we can be? We need to be taught, if you like. You know how to have clarity, how to have resilience, how to how to be creative, and all the other how-to books that exist on the shelves, kind of thing. Um, kind of crazy. Yeah, I think of it as more like uh, we have to be untaught all the, the yeah stuff that's gotten yeah, in even, that gets in the way. Even yeah, yeah, even yeah. I think we have to be untaught. It's interesting. My uh, my brother and his wife last year bought some land up in north, the northern part of Ontario, here where I live. So it's about a four and a half hour drive from civilization up to where they're going to be living. And uh, the place they're living has a population of three hundred. And when they moved there, it went to three hundred six. So they they increased the population by two percent. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they're living off grid. I mean, it's not a shack. They built a beautiful house, but, um, you know, my brother who, who'd basically been a workaholic all his life and had a very successful career realized that's not, um, on, by all the things that he thought would make him happy, every, all those boxes were checked off, except the happiness wasn't there. And, uh, so they, they've basically gone back to their roots, untaught themselves, all of these things that society has told them they need to have, 
and they're they have a cow and they have 150 chickens and um two dogs and um they're off the grid they're never been happier <laughs> um so it's uh there's many angles or many ways to get there i guess yeah and I, and I and I guess kind of often also Jamie points to the thing that you don't actually need to go off grid mm. to have you know the the things that you your soul is looking for, let's say yeah you definitely don't need to in in fact um which is kind of hopeful perhaps perhaps for those people who um you know maybe economically they you know really struggling with the the you know i'll be happy when i win the lottery because i haven't got a bean to my name kind of thing mm. but that like really brings hope for the whole world and and interesting how how practically anything you know jamie says in in this or let's say a, a study of thought mind and consciousness kind of thing will will point to can be applied even to those people who who are who aren't in this Western world, who aren't living the Western dream, so we can you know we can move up into tribes and into Africa and, and and things of some people who are really struggling, because let's say it might be the industrial revolution or I don't know what revolution, has actually brought a lot of contaminated thoughts to them, because they were probably better off before the Western world even arrived there. And like with this, they actually have a chance if people who, let's say, people who are interested in in sustaining, you know, people in, in let's say, in the third world, you know, if they have an understanding of this, they can bring what, like, the word relief is considered an economical term, but like mental relief also to those people who are, driven by a, a Western culture, which of course is totally unfitting for them, you know, in the midst of some drought in Africa somewhere. What I was actually thinking there, was a lot of those people are probably so lucky that they have less to unlearn than so, so many yeah. of us do. Yeah. They have so much less to unlearn and, and this is I, I don't think they're out looking for the book. Um a book, exactly. any book. Learn yeah. yeah, I think it's yeah. there. But 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 what I'm saying yeah, exactly. And but what I'm saying is that unfortunately that many of those people are now, let's say, under the control of somebody coming from one of one, two or the third uh way thinking so um but if that those people from this culture the western culture let's say in the third world can now with this fourth wave bring them back to where they were and allow them to be there mm. and perhaps also supply the essential support that they need to live but in their own way rather than in you know what the Western world considers the way they should be living, kind of thing. Without coercion. Mm. <clears throat> Very much um, the shaded box, the um, reality check where they say, um, so if everybody's walking around in this sort of state of bliss, I, I am paraphrasing here, um, what about... what? you know, are they just robots? And then it says, well, actually, it's the ones who have got walking around with the outside in understanding who are more, more robotic. And it says, you know, what about my personality, my individual individuality? But if we think about it, you know, Elaine, like you're saying, um, people imposing um, upon others, if we think about it, the idea of the very fact that we um, label personalities, that we've got personality tests, we put people into boxes with certain characteristics, that's all man-made stuff. Um, mm. Sadly, people are so influenced by it, they almost become a victim of it. 
and take on a label. And whether that's a positive or negative label, it's limiting within itself. Yeah. thing that just popped into my head was um, when Jamie shares his vision for the future, whatever he calls it, of uh, the first generation of kids born to parents who have an understanding of the principles behind clarity, you know, and the, the, the hopefulness and the optimism that that gives me anyway, thinking about the, you know, my kid's future and all the people that we meet on all these courses and stuff. And it, you know, it certainly feels like there's a there's momentum or a wave that we're all part of um inching us closer to to the, that vision of the future that Jamie has and and like you said it's uh you know, any worry about them being clarity robots <laughs> is easily dismissed yeah i love that clarity robots <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's funny because I, I think about what my brother's going through, like the, you know, I'd say he's, he's more in touch with his true nature now. And it's, he worked his butt off before in the corporate world. And now what he's doing, it's not like he's lying around on the couch all day. Like he's got land to manage. He's got animals to manage. He's got kids like he's he's working. It's just a different, um, a whole different version of, of it. But it, it's um, it's more from a place of clarity than from uh, a place of uh, I'll be happy when. Like he's he, yeah. in the moment, he's already happy and he's happy doing what he's doing. What brought him to the realization, Greg, to go from? literally one extreme to another because like I, I totally understand that yeah. he got some he got to where he thought he was supposed to be and he everything would be however he thought it was going to be and it just wasn't I understand that but it's yeah. quite extreme to go from that to that wonder yeah. well I think there were two things kind of happened like the the whole um this isn't making me happy kind of came to a head and simultaneous to that with the pandemic and everything there was all the the stuff with the vaccines and the government doing what they're doing and uh, losing freedom of choice and all this kind of stuff there was just a um i don't know uh, all those things combined it was like screw it like we're i'm done with all this nonsense um so it's you know it's getting back to you know, it's almost like when I when I think of these waves, it's like he's he's almost trying to transport himself back to the first wave. This, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the fourth wave isn't working for me anymore. I'm yeah. back to the wave number one, <laughs> where life was much simpler. Yeah. And uh, I mean, the fact that that uh, that we, each of us has you know can make choices like that and and pave our own path is. Uh, and it, you know, I think he following his wisdom, mm, his wife clearly. together, and um, going totally inside out because you know there's not a person that he knew in his old life that would think this was a good idea. <laughs> like you know, so not caring that people think he's crazy or you know lost his mind or whatever, but just the you know the conviction of knowing that it's this is right for them for now. Like it's, you know, who knows five years from now, they might say, you know what, that was a, a nice little adventure, but uh, <laughs> yeah. time to time to, to do something different. Maybe they'll yeah. travel, maybe, who knows, but uh, yes, it's yeah, good. it's to me, it's, it's very, it's, oh, they're modeling for their, their kids. Um, you know, that, that you can, 
create these future possibilities for yourself and then go and try them out. It's a beautiful example. I mean, he, of, of the insight that he must have had mm. um, it must have been quite simply something like, this is not making me happy. Mm. But whereas there'll be perhaps many times I'm just imagining and I'm that always, you know, makes me curious because some people will, are not ready for any kind of transformation or change. But and I just kind of think, not necessarily your brother, but anybody who's gone through that kind of transformation and just thinking, you know, will have thought, or I'm thinking, let's, let's look at myself. You know, there have been many times in over the years, let's say starting from the age of 20, where I've realized this is not making me happy. But it looked like my only alternative was to be unhappy, if you like, and get on with it. And the insight that, or the, the action that followed from the realization of like, this is not making me happy, so I must do something else kind of thing is actually quite huge. Mm. And and it's it takes me all the way back, and it's not in this chapter, but when Jamie talks about rumble strips, it's about being able to pick up when you're on the rumble strip. Like, oh, this is a sign. It's not telling me that, okay, I'm done for, I'm hopeless, my life's a waste of time. It's telling me, you know, the I'm not unhappy phrase, I'm, I'm not happy phrase, is telling me something that I need to look at. Yeah. You know, it's... it's Beautiful example, and and then the, the consequent action in the case of your brother that he's taken, you know, quite simply that that's actually huge for such a simple thing. Think of you know, simple sentence. I'm just not happy. Yeah, it can go one way or the other. Yeah, and like for him, it wasn't like okay, let's make a do a micro adjustment. It's like no, we're going to do it the exact opposite. <laughs> yeah, of what I've been yeah. doing. Or at least that's what came to him to do. Yeah. I'm quite sure he didn't even think of that quite so specifically. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And all, and if you think about it as well, how how whatever must have I would have loved to have known what went on his head there. That's I mean, it's quite awesome if you think about it. Like how did you know? How did he know and or access, let's say, resilience and well, in clarity, obviously, and and anything really, um, to know that whatever he did was not something like so fearful that he couldn't move forward towards it. Yeah, it really is huge. Yeah. Were you forgetting that he's in Greg's family as well? He probably just That's goes true, yes. have an it's idea, funny. act on it. <laughs> <laughs> It's the genetic thing. Yeah. It's Friday. We're moving 300 kilometers away on Monday. Yeah. <laughs> What's interesting because I think for him that it's um, and him and I have talked a little bit about the principles and stuff, but it, and it was interesting to me because in the conversations that we've had he doesn't know about the principles and at least to articulate it in this way, but in everything that he was explaining, it was as if he was explaining the principles to me, right? Because I mean, the principles are just a, a metaphor for how it actually works anyways. Um, so like him and his wife have, have come to this understanding without knowing they're there in terms of putting the label on it um, and knowing that, you know, they, the realization, like, I don't need all this stuff to be happy like i'm our, I, I can be we can be happy without this um and so let's go have an adventure and and figure it out and um i think you know you you joked about being part of my family but i mean we we do have a uh, an upbringing of like you can make anything work like it's you know we i i think I've been in my house here almost 18 years, but prior to that, I, I've lived in 18 other places um, in terms of homes. Like as a kid, we moved around a lot and all, we always made it work. Like it didn't matter, new, new school, new friends, 
whatever it, it was just a kind of an adventure so I, I guess there's a little bit of that adventurous spirit um that, that uh, is helping him kind of tap into that resilience and, and clarity yeah. but for the record i don't ever see myself doing what he's doing <laughs> <laughs> not yet <laughs> yeah but it brings us right back to that list on 239 again, where we highlighted the, the clarity, direction, wisdom, and the notion that everybody has it. Nobody, we don't need a book or, or actually a training course or a people. You know, this is our natural state of being. Your brother didn't need you to have that conversation with him. He didn't, you know, it's just yeah. he relied on that. Um, and that is hopeful. <laughs> it's who we are. That is, it's who we are, yeah, it is hopeful. Hmm. Want to read the thought experiment at the end and talk about that and wrap it up? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So on, uh, 244, the thought experiment says, the Industrial Revolution gave rise to a massive sustained increase in the standard of living for huge numbers of people. This was a step change unlike anything in humanity's history. Has it occurred to you that we could be on the verge of another similarly profound step change? I, when I And it's funny because at the beginning of the last chapter, Jamie used a Star Trek reference, and uh, I'm a bit of a Trekkie, but... There was a show that was called How Star Trek Changed the World. And it was basically recapping like all these things that in the 60s when Star Trek first came out, like sliding doors and communicators and things, how they all, if I don't know if they were actually the the uh, the starting point for a lot of these inventions, but it was basically saying how all these things that look so futuristic in the 60s were now real life things. And, uh, you know, one of the things in Star Trek is this utopian kind of um, society where there's no more famine, there's no more war, although they like typical humans, they go off and create war other places in the galaxy. But, <laughs> um, you know, so I can see like this to me when I think of this, you know, that this next big wave is like, yeah, it does. Does this wave lead to you know, no more starving children in Africa and uh, no more, you know, uh, slums in big cities, homelessness. Um, I mean, for all the great advances in uh, humanity, like we still have plenty of problems. Um, and and does this does this next wave finally get us to a place where we can get beyond uh, a lot of that stuff. That's kind of my my hope for it, anyway. Yeah, I I from a, coming just from a slightly different point of view, and and speaking to the last sentence, has it occurred to you that we could be on the verge of another similarly profound step change? Um, I kind of I haven't haven't my own idea, in 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 the knowledge that again an, an Eastern world an Oriental world, they've known everything about consciousness and thought and mind and you know since since the year dot sort of thing and as far as I know at least eight thousand years ago this. This sort of if you let's call it a philosophy for the sake of the conversation, um, has been, let's say, a, you know, exposed to an Oriental world. It was indeed only a philosophy because we they didn't know anything about physics, so it couldn't have been, let's say, translated into a principle. But that to me is the only difference. So it looks more to me that rather than the fact that we're working through waves, let's say, is a sort of that the 
the idea that the waves that are occurring are just part of the whole like universal cosmos, whatever galaxy change, or not even change, existence, and that the only thing that we're always striving to do from day one as a human being in human form, whether we came from an ape or from a virus, I don't know what we came from, um, but we're just sort of striving to get back to that place. And the, I kind of get the feeling that this is just another wave in, I don't know how many more there will be to come. I have no idea. It, it, it's not sort of the fourth and final or even the fourth and next. It, we're, we're just about their kind of story, which is kind of, I, I kind of feel that, that, or the sense I get of, of Jamie sort of, you know, ex exposing four waves, if you like, if is that kind of one is a, an addition of the other, but it's more like one is, yes, indeed, a consequence of the other, because like wave one, we couldn't go on like that for a series of reasons. Wave two, neither. Wave three, same thing happened because when we had a whole lot of vulnerability what is it vuca in this world okay. so we can't go on like that vuca yes and i'd be curious to know what's going to happen once we've gone through this wave because i'm sure there's a lot more to come like there's a hell of a lot more to come so it's not so much that there's a step one step two there's so many steps where actually it's just a big spiral and we're all going <laughs> to end up in the same place <laughs> The end <laughs> where we were when we started. That, that's what I think, and it's it's again, it's like one, it's 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 almost like there's one huge rumble strip going on, and it's and it's just we're just not listening. <laughs> no one's listening. <laughs> no one's listening. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that kind of goes back to Greg's point of look at all the advancements that have been made. Yeah. When, when you look at the mess that exists in so many places and we don't have to look very far to see homelessness yeah. and hunger and fear and we don't have to look very far at all. Wherever we live, we don't have to look far for that, unfortunately. Um, so there has to be, there has to be some awakening for yeah. sure. Yeah. Hmm. that seem like a good place to leave it mm. this is a deep chapter it is very deep. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah this is a deep chapter well, we're getting near the end so all right well thank you so much jillian lynn and elaine as always thank you jillian thank you thank you jillian and we'll uh, we'll see everyone next time take care take care